and welcome to Unscripted Gaming. My name is Mike. I am joined by my our co-hosts, Josh and Josh. How are you guys? I'm we're great. really good. How are you? Uh, I'm we're great. Apparently, we're here. We're uh, doing a uh, episode after it's been a minute, uh, but we're here. We we're definitely, about, uh, we definitely didn't try and start this episode eighteen different times. It was at least nope. Eight. You know, we're we're professionals, and even after. A, 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 a little bit of a, a hiatus. Still we, got it. We still contain the same level of professionalism from day one. Nothing but professionals around Still here. have it. Ray, Ray, is, Ray is currently uh, using his it. phone to illuminate his face. Um, I got a weird lighting situation going on in my yes. uh, study. And his complexion does not help the weird lighting situation, so... Wow. He is mm-hmm. working in a effort to, um, how you say, let us see his face. Illuminate the situation. <laughs> mm. There you go. That one's for free. Yeah. Um, mm. So, guys, like Video exclusively games. today, I want to talk about Movie Pass. That sounds I like a to... video game. <laughs> So, uh, Tell us about thank, Sing us the tale of Movie Pass. I want to thank Mike because, what was it, last year, back in like, I want to say August? Yeah, it was like August 2017. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a year ago, me and Mike recorded an episode of Creed Got Robbed, which I'll have to re-upload to our new channel. I'll have to re-upload all of them, which I can do now. It's going to be great. Uh, which are still available in the podcast. podcast. You could, you could still watch, listen to them in the podcast. They're perfectly there. Uh, Mike said, yeah, you should totally sign up for uh, Movie Pass because for $10 a month, you can see as many movies as you want. And I said on the podcast, this is a dumb business model. I can't believe they're doing this. Oh, my God, let me go to this website. You're making it up. Oh, dear Lord, this is the real deal. Let me sign up I right now before they go that under. I think we both specifically said we need to get in. Well, the getting's good. Yes, yes, those were the <laughs> I exact remember that words. Being something actually. we specifically uh, had discussed mm-hmm. and proceeded to do. Yes, um, as did many other Americans. Yep. And when your business model is, we're going to sell you a ten dollar bill for eight dollars. Um, <laughs> it's hard to make money. Literally, someone living in SF at the time, all I had to do was see one movie, and I, I made back my ten dollars. Let alone my normal pattern of seeing two a month and just robbing Movie Pass blind. I can't. According to the Movie Pass Reddit, there are people that go see a movie in a theater every single day. I can't imagine I what wish they I did to that at the time to do that. That would be nice. That's like an extra three hours out of your day, depending on the movie. Yeah, I know. Again, I wish I just had the time I mean, to do this. But are I, there even you know, that many movies? Like, you'd have to see the same movie multiple times, right? Like, there aren't that many so, movie releases. So people were asking him on the Reddit thread, our movie pass, in case people are interested, uh, which is the best place to go if you love Shaw and Freud, because, oh, once we'll get into that. Um, he was talking about how... Movie Pass works in a lot of theaters, so he saw a lot of indie movies, and mm. there's no shortage of indie movies coming out. That makes sense. 
I can yeah. see yeah. that there. I, you know, there is there is a now that I think about it, there's a a small indie theater even where I'm at here that uh, movie pa- that is movie pass eligible. So uh, and they have a pretty good rotation. So that actually that checks out. So that's yeah. that's not only is that a lot of time, but that's a lot of money that he's milking out of that ten dollar subscription. Okay, so I imagine like a movie arter person that like is retired. And they just love watching movies like Netflix or Hulu and whatnot. And then they saw Movie Pass and they shrugged and said, "Well, <laughs> you guys messed up." He, that that person said, "I'm going to make up for every single person who subscribes and forgets to see a movie every month. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna yeah, take every single like, one of their tickets." You know, I don't know how much we want to talk about this, but like that was that's kind of the problem is that mm-hmm. a gym membership is predicated on the people going paying for it and not using it because the gym membership is usually expensive and there isn't a lot of like the gym isn't losing ten dollars every time somebody (laughs) walks into a gym right Uh, it's like like the only way the company can make money is for, for people to not use the service and they basically found that out and just realized that they essentially well their problem was that a, they had an, the they the data they thought they could harvest from us from movie pass <laughs> customers and sell to movies and or like theaters and stuff was not val- as valuable as they thought well, it was here, because your data gets think, scraped from everything already so it means nothing anyway so. yeah and here's what i kind of think happened to like movie pass was around before this ten dollar subscription it had been around for mm-hmm. quite some time on a 12 I, I think yeah like 2012 like on a 30 dollar a month um on a model so the user base was a lot lower so I think they probably were growing their user base per- relatively slowly, got some money, were selling the data of the users that they did have and said, look, we've, we've got this really valuable data. We've got some funding. What we really need to do is grow our, grow our user base. What can we do to do that? And they said, what if we did the price of one movie ticket per month? We, if we, you know, cut our subscription down from thirty dollars to ten dollars, you know, can we grow this user base, spend this money that we have, and then get infinitely more users that we can sell, you know, at an exponential rate to make all that money back? And I, I'm gonna go on a limb and I'm gonna say their math was bad. Uh, I mean, uh. your business model is. Uh, in the red the moment your customer uses the service once and it's a monthly unlimited service so there's nothing about their business model that made financial sense in the short term or long term or well, any again, term they're selling $10 bills for $8 and their ho- and the plan was like if we if we sell enough $10 bills for $8 people will want to know why the people buy why do people pay eight dollars for a ten dollar bill? They'll know, and they'll know where else they shop, and that isn't really that valuable when you think about it. And I then, think... so basically, over the past couple of months, they've had to just make the service like worse in basically every conceivable way, like limits on show times, 
Like, cause it 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 never covered IMAX or 3D showings, but they started graying out like premiere times. So on like a on like a, a Friday night or something, the only movie pass showing that would be available would be like four o'clock and ten thirty or something for like a Marvel movie or something else popular. Uh, so I was like, okay, well that's kind of shitty. Uh, and then eventually, so it's just like in an effort to like not stop hemorrhaging money, they Mm -hmm. just also had to make the service like shittier, like over time. Can we talk about that? Like how the service declined over time? Well, I was going to say the first, the first decline because the original model was $10 unlimited movies all the time. That meant if you wanted to go see multiple movies in a day. By gummit, you're going to go see multiple movies in a day. They did eventually yeah. change to say, okay, you're limited to one ticket per day. And that was pretty soon that after was step the service. One. That was pretty soon after the service launch. They said, okay, we're going to make a switch, and we're going to say, you don't get 30 movies a day. You get one a day. <laughs> okay, and the next step was they said, uh, no repeats. No repeats ever. Like, yeah. you went and saw Black Panther, you're cut off, B. That account can never see Black Panther with MoviePass again. Which is a hate crime. Mm-hmm. I think we can all agree I'm pretty that. sure I that, think, that. I think, I think that, that is, is a reasonable actually. position to take. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Glad we figured that out. Um, uh, then they am I, am I, wait, just real quick time out before we move on. Am I filing the suit or what state is Marvel Studios in? We should probably get somebody to move there and just file the they suit They film mostly in Georgia. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm pr- hmm. we'll, we'll work we'll, out. We'll, 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 we'll get we'll get that. We'll get who's filing the suit. Are you still pretending uh, to be? I a know lawyer? someone who will do it Always. pro boner, so it'll be fine. <laughs> I'm basically a lawyer, ne- so. What was the next thing they limited? It involved the number four, like, uh, what was it? Something about four. Like you can only see something four times a month. Like, essentially, the problem was that like. The the, sir, the value proposition early on was unsustainable because it was too good. And the only way to stop hemorrhaging money when the venture capitalists were like, oh, wait, maybe this sucks, um, <laughs> uh, was to make it, like, worse. Like, if they had started at, you know, hey, one movie a day, it's kind of more for indie things. Also, it's $15 instead of $10. Like, if they had start like thought more carefully about like what about like trying to set those things initially like it may have been more successful but like in making in ex- making these changes to save money to extend to like make the service viable they've also just been making it you know altering the deal pray I don't alter it further mm-hmm. uh for months and that it doesn't feel like as a consumer that's just like a a bummer thing like you don't pay a wow subscription and then blizzard doesn't start like just taking away raids just because like i don't just for fun like that's just not how that works so and it's not something that makes you want to stick around is when something is actively being made worse it when like the value when you're getting like tangibly like 
immediately worse than it was. Yeah, when you start like, when you start adding Uber like surge pricing. Oh yeah, yeah, I found times, it. Uh, before you get the surge pricing, before you get to it, because that that's like the linchpin. That that's the death nail. Uh, they briefly limited it to four movies a month, and I'm gonna be honest. I thought that was fair when they did that. It's a complete denial of the service that most people signed up for, but I thought four movies a month was fair for the price. I mean, so for four movies for $10, if you're actually going to see four movies... I, I think a, that's really fair. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah. It, it's like, I, I as someone who goes to the movies a lot, like, that would probably be okay, but there are some months where that would, like, be a real would be kind of a bummer like especially in like december and january when it's like award movie season and there's lots of really good stuff to see and you want to see it all before the oscars come out like that would like be a real downer for me i would not enjoy that but again i get it surge pricing okay so Ah. for me this was the death nail (laughs) this is this is what caused me to unsubscribe because i mean i i think all all three of us in some way shape or form are familiar with how corporations work and when you just read surge pricing which says yeah we will determine what popular movie at what time and then we'll just you know we'll just charge you extra uh because that movie is popular at a popular time i'm like i'm out nope i'm gone and you see it wasn't just like an extra two dollars for a frat like opening weekend in avengers it was like Yo, you're going to see the Mr. Rogers documentary at like five o'clock on Tuesday, bitch. That's surge pricing. <laughs> and it's like six dollars on yeah, top. Yeah, it's like of yo, your... just like pay for the actual ticket. But like, also, I think it, just for me, like, I was getting really frustrated because AM, our closest theater is an AMC, and because yep. AMC did not agree to do be a e-ticket supporter, uh, so I can't reserve ahead. But our, our theater has reserved seating, so you have to show up, like, super early or else you get st- stuck with, like, a bum seat, which is, like, not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just, like, all those things just, again, with all the added ca- caveats, which is, like, ugh. So, so. Uh, okay, so I have a couple questions about, like, why we think this happened obviously they over they they changed you know they did some poor math thinking if we grow our user base we will get to sell x amount of data for more money and yada yada it'll make up the differences um do you also think because i i and maybe i'm making this up but i feel like it's except for the major blockbusters there is this um attitude that people just don't go to the movies as much as they used to. People don't like going to movies. Um, Mm -hmm. You only go for the Marvels and the Star Wars and whatnot. But, like, do you think they anticipated to get people to sign up for the service um, that go see movies? They would use it once, maybe twice in a month, but it actually, like, it wouldn't lead to a drastic change in people's movie-going behavior that probably saw them hemorrhaging a lot more money than they anticipated like they probably projected you know x number of tickets per subscriber you know over the average of their entire user base but did not anticipate hey if you actually give people the ability to go to the movies at a reasonable price they're going to use it because people actually like going to the movies i think 
I think to kind of answer, I think I can answer your question pretty well here because we went to the movies a lot before Movie Pass, just because that's what we like, Sarah and I like to do. And I think one of the kind, one of the the things Movie Pass, I think tried to do was would they would do email blasts for like, hey, you know, go see this X movie or Y, and they were generally like smaller pictures, um, yeah. which you know it makes sense because like you. you if you're a movie pass, the one thing you need to be able to demonstrate is that you can movie pass subscribers are good for all movies, especially guy like little guys who, you know, because going to a movie, especially if you're a family, like is really expensive. Um, mm-hmm. So that's a why a lot of like big ticket things, you know, uh, generally are the I mean, that's why they're so big It's just because. Like the middle tier movie has kind of fallen out, fallen out of the bottom almost in a lot of ways, just because your home, your home like TV is so good now, it kind of feels like you're not missing much, not seeing. Like I really enjoyed The Shape of Water. I think it was a great film to see in theaters, but like for a lot of people, it's not a must see in blockbuster like Avengers. Um, but so I think ultimately so. The problem is, like, that audience that MoviePass is trying to get to, like, engage with these smaller movies to show, like, give them a real big bump and kind of give them clout. Those people were probably already seeing those movies anyway, and so they would have already been paying for those tickets. So that, because if, ha- if you got a MoviePass, like, you were a pretty serious moviegoer to begin with, and I think in most cases. Um... So I, it, I just I don't think it moved the needle enough as, in a way as like an like a indie film kind of subscription thing. Like it just didn't have enough clout in that field, just because I think so many people would have already made the choice to go see that movie in theaters anyway. Um, so I forget where I read this. It was either Business Business Insider or Fortune. But it was something like MoviePass was relying on... Because apparently only 17% of adult Americans see even one movie a month in the United States. An adult being like over the age of 25. And MoviePass subscribers accounted for like a grand total of like... If you take the 17% that are moviegoers, 12% of those bought MoviePass. So... They only attacked the market and they tried to expand out to like get more people, but they were only hitting the market that was already going to like pay money to see the movies anyways. Mm-hmm. So the grand plan for MoviePass was to get this hyper market of like 30% of the 25 and up audience of moviegoers. And then, you know, walk into a theater, you know, unzip, throw it on the table and say to like theaters and Hollywood, like, this is how many people we have using our service. You cut us a nice deal on the tickets uh, buyback program, uh, ticket buyback, so we don't have to pay for the full ticket price, or you guys make your money back in concessions, and we'll become a profitable business. But uh, AMC, Regal, Cinemark, Hollywood at large, all they said was, we're just going to wait you out. Because you'll run out of money. <laughs> well, that yeah. and they started their own. They started their own competing services. Uh, in in my area, the um, Cinemark is one of the larger theaters where where I'm located, um, and they came out with their own movie club, and it's it's 
similar but different to MoviePass, so it is $8.99 a month. For $8.99 a month, you get one ticket per month that rolls over if you don't use it. You also get the ability to buy any extra number of tickets at $8.99 while also waiving any online fees. So let's say, you know, me and the wife want to go out, I can use my credit and then buy one additional ticket at $8.99. That's a pretty big savings already off of the price of a normal matinee ticket. But then you also get 20% off on the concession stands while you're there. So, I mean, it's... Eh. I mean, you're already saving on the ticket, and then you get to save on concessions. Like, what's what's not to like about that? I mean, so I just hate theater price concessions as is. Well, I don't believe I'm, in seeing a movie without popcorn and a soda. So <laughs> I mean, me, that's that's your God's honest belief, and I'm not here to stop you. So, so God's plan. So God. for so for me to get twenty percent off of that and to save like. Two three dollars on the ticket. I'm coming out ahead. I um, mean, like, what do you expect him to eat at the theater? Like a can of beans or something? Like, what are you? Are oh you crazy, no! Ray? What are you? We've talking gone about? there. We've fully gone to the beans. And that will be it. We'll talk no more of this. I oh, all right. Last thing. Well, very last thing. I will give Movie Pass discredit. Uh, I do go see movies a lot more now, even though I like don't use Movie Pass. Except I go to the Alamo Draft House and I discovered that it's amazing. So the question I'm asking and thinking about is, like, do... Josh, you don't want to tell your stock story? Your movie pass? <laughs> yeah, I'll tell the, that oh, story God. in a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't see sorry I, to bother you, by the way. I did make almost $7 off of movie passes misery here in a few minutes, will, and Mike. I'll tell you about that. Do you think that the, um, the theaters that have their movie clubs once movie pass does eventually go bankrupt and fold will they keep those around do you think those have been successful enough programs for them to keep doing that or will they kind of say just kind of quietly like oh, we're done with that program that was nice I give it a full year okay I give it I give it the full year subscription that people signed up for and they just cut it off because there's no more threat you know what I mean? MoviePass was a threat to them. Uh, the threat is going to die, and then there's no more reason to have this competing thing that costs them money. I mean, for... It, yeah, again, it's like, we'll have to see how it plays out over time, but we signed up for the AMC plan, which is is uh, pretty solid. We like it just because it, it's really... it's we, There's no separate card. It's really convenient. Like, it's well, well really, just really, really well built. And it's kind of just like an Amazon Prime kind of additional subscription thing. Again, so I, I think it'll be around. It's like twenty bucks instead of ten for three movies a week. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Plus, what it's like, you can have. I forget how it works. You can see three movies a week, but I think you can only have three reservations at a time. Like I, but it's kind of nice because like even when we had Movie Pass, we would still set by like marvel movies separately so we could like go see them on opening night or whatever and now we don't have to do that with the amc plan because we can reserve like like we we uh like we can reserve um like we reserved our ant like the ant-man tickets as soon as they went on sale because we could just do that right in the app so uh that was kind of cool so yeah again like you guys said uh we'll see about a year out from now who knows anyway 
So my profit making on Movie Pass, um, you know, there. I'm so a, proud of you, by the way. There is a holding company that owns the Movie Pass, um, Helios and Matheson or some shit like that. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously during this whole saga where you know they're running out of money and the service is briefly interrupted because they literally oh, didn't ran talk out about of cash. That. And they had to go get some emergency loans. Um, their stock plummeted. So, me being the um, wonderfully savvy investor that I am, decided to buy a single share of the company at 20 cents because, you know, fucking why not? If it tanked, I was out 20 cents. If they I, somehow... You just reminded me of some bleeps I'm going to have to add to this. If they somehow turned it around, great. I am rich. So they did a reverse stock split um, and basically reset the stock price to shareholders to $12, which, hey, for your boy here, that's a profit. Buy it at 20 <laughs> cents, sell it 12 great. <laughs> I didn't get $12 out of that share. Because you waited too long. We warned you. Me and Mike had your back. We told you. Sell. 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 I waited, sell, I waited sell. a few minutes from market opening. And then I scheduled the trade to happen. In the time that I scheduled the trade to happen, the shares lost over half their value. I will. <laughs> you know what the I best still... part about, like, go ahead. I still made $6, but I lost $6. The <laughs> share price tumbled so rapidly, and I think now it's already back down to like 20 cents. So I'm going to buy another one just to see what the heck happens. It's like when the Soviet economy was crashing and like people would get paid from work and would have to like sprint to like the store because like by, because inflation was so like out of control. Basically, they, you like, had to spend your wages couldn't... every day because the next day your money would be worthless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the best thing about MoviePass is failing, is that you get to remember that a bunch of weird venture capitalists just lost a bunch of money. So, yeah. <laughs> yep, a bunch of Makes really rich people got a little less rich. I uh, I was there. Sounds great. Tell it, telling Josh, it's not gonna get any higher. You need to sell right now. He said, and I quote, "Now nah, they're gonna turn this around." <laughs> Hey, you know, the last time I heard about a company <laughs> suspending service for 20 minutes because they literally ran out of cash and had to go seek emergency loans, you know, I only heard great things after that. <laughs> you know, Uncle, show you when, when Uncle Bill's food truck had to do that the other day, you know, we understood, like, he had to go and, like, steal another pig from somewhere, and, and like, you know, we get it, like, we understand that, but, like... You know, when a big fancy company like MoviePass does it, it's like, whoa, everybody freaks look, look, look. out. Like, I'm going to buy one share of Helios Mathis stock. <laughs> buy one share of MoviePass stock. I'm going to let it ride. If I'm out 25 cents, <laughs> then I'm out 25 cents. It might, be the best, it, is, it might be the best investment you've ever made. If this bounces back and I can pay off my student loans, I will come back on the podcast and say, <laughs> I know what happened. <laughs> Well, that's okay. If tomorrow, like, if, if tomorrow, like, Amazon buys it, then, like, you'll just have to deal with, like, you know, capital gains tax, so you'll be fine. 
<laughs> Amazon buys it. I become rich beyond words, and then yeah, I the IRS knocks on my door like you owe us money. <laughs> All right, we've covered the saga of Movie Pass. The you guys still you guys don't have it still, do you? Uh, I haven't gotten rid of my card, but I've canceled. I've canceled. I got my card right here. I'm gonna keep it. Uh, Ooh, like, ooh, the expiration ooh, date ooh, is 2024. Can I go to the family? <laughs> wait, if I go to the family video and cut my card up and put it in the bowl, will I get a free rental? If you what? Because, like, the family video at our uh, in my old town, uh, yeah. if you, like, cut up your Blockbuster, uh, so, like, membership card, they would give you a free rental. Um, I wonder if I can <laughs> do that with, like, my movie fans card. You just cut it up, you throw it in there like I'm committed to the cause. Yes. I'll this go and buy a, a pizza next door, I promise. This thing had a good six more years on it. You're lucky I'm coming here. <laughs> Alright. Let's uh Let's talk about video games. We could we could go to video games. I don't know. I thought Movie Pass was just hyper interesting to just watch it go up and then down so fast. Alright, what games are we playing? The brightest stars, you know, don't always burn the longest. Is that how that goes? No, I don't know. I forget. <laughs> the important Josh thing is, like a laugh. <laughs> the important thing is, let's talk about games. Let's talk about games. What games? Are, all right, Mike. What games are you playing? Uh, I've actually been jumping around from uh, a lot of different stuff here. Um, I've Monster Hunter might be good. I haven't played a lot, like, that? um, I haven't played a lot this month, honestly, just because I've been distracted. I, I think I'm just kind of in the midst of, like, the summer dog days of jumping around to a lot of different stuff. So I haven't played too much of it, but I need to go back more to it, because, uh, I, I've enjoyed, uh, I've got about, like, ten hours in it so far, but I've, I've liked it. Uh, video game font is too f***ing small. It makes you really annoyed. Um, yeah. Brief sidebar. Um, what else did I play? Uh, I played a really cool uh, mobile game uh, called Florence. It's on iPhone. I believe it's probably also on Android. Um, it's by Anna Purina Games, and it was just a really cool. It was, like, it was a cool, like, kind of story-based game about like a young woman and her uh, like a relationship she gets into and it was i think it like made a great use of like the phone as a platform and it was just a really cool like short little contained adventure that i think was told really well so i thought that was really cool and there's definitely a different pace from other stuff uh that was worth checking out uh i've been playing my usual uh uh destiny there's been some cool new stuff in it, like a secret hidden crazy weapon quest and other things, um, and some stuff kind of gearing up to the uh, fall update, so that's still going all right. Um, then I guess some, just one other couple of quick things. I recently went to a, a barcade that we have in the local area and actually played... Yeah, what's it called? Uh, it's called Tappers. It's really cool. Oh, if, if wait, is it seriously called Tappers? It is called Tappers. Dude, that's badass! Uh -huh. And they have uh, Dig Dug, which is the greatest arcade game. Um, I, well, uh, 
Okay, we're not gonna fight about this here. Um, that's a different. It's virtual on. <sighs> it's virtual on. <laughs> we're not gonna. Um, in the chair, just control on the mech. Mm. No, no. Mm. Oh wait, actually, is it is it that like one that's like the crazy? There's some arcade game where it's like a neon colored like thing where you're like in the mechs and like fighting. I can't remember which one. It's Virtuon. Oh, okay. That that one is pretty cool. Shit. That that is the best arcade game. Damn. Anyways, there was a really cool game. Uh, like, it was a new arcade game, but it had, like, a really cool classic aesthetic called Rashlander. And it was, like, kind of... It was, like, kind of, Imagine, like, a physics-based... Um, like, imagine, like, an uh, asteroid, but with, like, a kind of gravitational physics to it. And it had, like, this weird kind of grungy... Like, like... Andrew... Uh, asteroid, but like with a weird kind of grungy and weird aesthetic and, and like upgrades and stuff. It was really cool and just had really good music and really cool visuals. Uh, it was really neat. Um, and then I think kind of the just I've been hitting a lot of quick things here. Like I said, I've been jumping around a lot. Um, Rocket League is still good. Yeah. And. Dragon Ball Fighters is still the game of the year. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. Evo's coming up here soon. Oh, and it has the, Dragon Ball Fighters has the most entrance of any game, even beating Street Fighter. That so, is, un, uh, I just that is for real that it dethroned Street Fighter. I like, seriously can't say that I'm enough. I'm still I like the the dedication to like the craftsmanship in that game is just so cool. The fights are just so fun. If the animations are so badass, the music just freaking rips. The DLC has yet to disappoint. The DLC is amazing. Broly Super Armor is the best thing that ever happened in that game. I don't want to talk about Broly. <laughs> I have nothing good to say about it. But yeah, that it's so again so cool that 2018's game of the year uh, came out in like January. Very cool. Uh, and, uh, speaking of game of the year, uh, I checked in with Sarah. Her game of the year is, uh, actually still, um, Super Mario Odyssey, because uh, I guess she has a rule that, uh, it, it remains the game of the year until a game surpasses it, uh, and no Damn. game will surpass Super Mario Odyssey, therefore it's still a game of the year, so. I just, mean, uh, just g g floating that update for, for folks, just, uh, be advised, but, yeah, Dragon Ball's real good. And that's kind of what uh, I've been playing. So sorry to word vomit on all that, but that's what I've been playing right now. I don't disagree that Super Mario Odyssey, and the best way I described it was it is just a magical game. No game should make me smile and have tears of joy as much as that game has. There's one section in that game that actually made me have tears of joy. And you all know what section that is. I don't even need to say it. That's how good that section is. All right, Josh, what are you playing? Um, I haven't been playing a ton. Uh, been a busy couple of weeks for me here, traveling, getting a dog, so my game time has been uh, lower than usual. I did finally begin um, 
uh, a Legend of Zelda: A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS on my Ooh. travels. So played that on the plane. Um, not super far into it, but enjoying the art, enjoying the story so far, and it's really neat to um, visit the Link to the Past world and, and remember so much about that. Um, you know, because it's pretty, at least so far, the map and whatnot are very identical, so it's been pretty cool to see that, and I'm very, uh, uh, very much looking forward to digging into that a little more, and, uh, started playing, uh, A Night in the Woods, um, about a week or so ago, and <clears throat> I think that came out last year, it's, mm -hmm. uh, it's a little indie game, um, you play as a, a cat who is coming home from college, she has dropped out and is returning to her little uh, little poor small town somewhere in rural America and kind of seeing the changes that have happened and, and the, the hardship that the town has um, undergone even in the last few years of her being away at school. And uh, I, I, I am enjoying the story so far. I'm enjoying the characters. I was very taken aback by the, uh, <laughs> the little, like, Guitar Hero-style minigame that takes place because your character used to be in a band when she was in high school and plays bass and we're like oh my god you gotta come play bass with us um so it's it's definitely tackling some real serious issues of rural america and the the uh economic problems that places have with big corporations and lack of opportunity and lack of upward mobility so if especially if you come from a, a small town or, or an area of America that is very similar to that. I would highly recommend this game just because you're gonna you're gonna feel some kind of way about it. Just thinking about how like you know it. I've somebody who grew up in a small town with those kinds of issues. You know a lot of a lot of stuff yep. that's like, huh? Yeah, I made it out, but I know a lot of people who didn't. I know a lot of people who are stuck who dropped out of school who are struggling to make ends meet because they're still working at a convenience store or a walmart yeah, and that's yeah. you know that's all they got and that's like, like it's, huh. it's a really cool testament to like because i've heard a lot of people talk about that game too it's really cool to hear like a lot of people like when a game you know obviously like th like the art style is very cute and is very cool um uh, and it's not like photorealistic yes in any sense but just to hit a lot of the, I think a lot of people have said that the the themes are so, are are very familiar to them, and which is so it's cool to hear that you're you're having that kind of similar experience, and that it says that that it's really cool to hear that that game did such a good job kind of capturing that for you. Yeah, I'm uh I'm definitely looking forward to to really seeing where that story goes and and uh, you know the the other themes that they touch on because I, there's a lot of places and where you know way they could go with that so i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty pumped to to keep digging into that ray what about you so uh been playing a lot of dragon ball fighter z because that game uh it just kicks too much ass as a I, dragon I, ball z fan i hear it slaps yeah uh, it slaps hard it's quite possibly and i say this with zero reservation so it's not quite possibly it is the best Dragon Ball video game ever released. Like, this yeah. sets the bar so damn high. I don't know what other game could come out that would top it. 
Like, every other Dragon Ball-related product that ever came out before then has not captured the feel, the move, the the mood, I mean, the artist registration. Like, just capturing the style of Akira Toriyama, getting the actual true voice actors from the sub and dubbed versions of the anime. Just yeah. Testament. Uh, let's not even talk about the mechanics of the fighting because it's just great. There's n- if a character's blocking too much, there's a counter for that. If a character's in the air too much, there's a counter for that. You got someone throwing out too many spam moves, you got a counter for that. And- hey, I feel attacked. What do you spam I- move a lot? I, I- it- Broly quarter circle Y. Oh, uh, oh, oh, you know right. the one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, so I have such a problem with Broly that whenever me and Mike fight, all he needs to do is throw Broly in and it just messes up my entire rhythm. It's because so I never account for the super armor. I'm not programmed in my brain to account for the super armor. And so Broly's just like, oh, you hit me with a super attack? That's cool. See, I'm still coming at you and I got a combo already free and put. <laughs> um... So I've been playing lots of that. Been playing uh, a little bit of Rainbow Six Siege. Uh, oh! I feel dumb when I play that game. If you want to, if you want to realize you don't know anything about tactical first-person shooters, go play Rainbow Six Siege on ranked, and then realize how dumb you are at video games. <laughs> uh, those guys are serious. Is what I'm trying to say. Those guys. That that is a great esport to watch. Also, uh, fully. Fully support watching that as an esport. Uh, I've been playing a little bit of Fortnite, and uh, not as good as PUBG. I get why it's one of the most popular games in the world, but uh, I'm not feeling it. I don't get it. What? 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 Are, what are no, you? I'm okay. flossing in my chair. If you couldn't tell. Stop. What oh the? God. What the I hell is it? Oh my it's gosh. The, it's the damn. It's the damn tube. Uh, yeah, I have. I have not played it. Um, I've only played like a couple of rounds here and there. I think all the like the seasonal store. I'm I'm still impressed by like their rapid fire like ability to patch and do like storytelling with that game or like and roll out seasons and new things and stuff. It's pretty cool how like just how active they are with patching and updating and just tweaking the game. Like it's really cool to see that. I, I mean, I don't have any complaints about, like, the live ops version of the game, because mm-hmm. their support, uh, Epic Games has supported this game phenomenally. Obviously, they had to kill uh, save Fortnite, save the world. That, that mode of the game is pretty much dead, but as it should be, because the Battle Royale mode is just superior in every way. Uh, but I, I have a love-hate relationship with Fortnite. I love the character dynamics. I love the aesthetics. I love the team-based camaraderie in that game. Uh, I love the modes. Like, the 50-on-50 mode is just great. That is the only mode I will play in the game anymore. I find it the most fun because it's literally 50-on-50. That's pretty cool. Uh, What I don't like is the wall. I I don't like one of the core mechanics. I hate the building in the game. Because there's nothing more... The shooting in that game is bad. I will never yes. defend the shooting in Fortnite. It's, it's not good. I thought the shooting in PUBG, it's good. It just takes a, a long time to get used to because it's semi-realistic. The shooting in Fortnite is just awful. 
It just feels bad. It doesn't have the punch. It doesn't have the give. It doesn't cause any stagger. Or if it does cause stagger, I yeah. don't notice it. Yeah, I always felt like it was hard to like dial in the aim too. Like yeah, it, yeah. Like it, it, it can especially compared to like uh, like Counter Strike or or Destiny or PUBG. Like it felt like when I was aiming at something that I still like could just might not hit. I don't know if it's. I think it's just something I just just have to get used to with it. But it, that always felt like it always felt floaty in a weird way to me. Yeah. No, I agree with you, uh, because I can never line up shots, like, correctly. Okay, so one of the most frustrating things, I got a bead on a target, and I'm using the assault rifle or any other long-range weapon. I hit him once, by the time the second round's in the air, BAM! There's a wall right there in between me and my target. Because every character has a superpower to where, like, if you get a bead on them, BOOM! There's a hotel, there's Wi-Fi, there's a restaurant over to the next side! <laughs> You There's want the four star or the five? You gotta choose. There's two, bitch. <laughs> There's literally a item that you throw down, and it literally creates a a fortress and a grenade. It just boop. There's just a fortress there, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can go assault it, but they have prime position for attacking you. So I like the game, except I hate that base building mechanic, especially when someone's really good and they just kind of like. Do some weird like ramp building nonsense with it. I don't know. I'm probably sure. Yeah, you're just like Kids that's when you know it's like, oh, I time to disengage. I guess I'm just gonna run away from you. Yeah, I once again, I it's not for me. Um, I'll I'll keep playing it every so often, but I've been playing a lot of PUBG as well. Oh, a new game I've been playing, Octopath Traveler. Oh um, yeah, tell us about it. I'm digging it. I'm digging the art style. It reminds me a lot of uh, Final Fantasy VI. It's like yeah, because it's, it's like kind of like a old, like an old school JRPG kind of vibe, right? Yeah, it's very much an old school JRPG. It's a comp. It's to me, it feels like a combination of Final Fantasy VI and uh, Brave, uh, Bravely Default. It's like a those two games got together and had a baby. Uh, I am critical mm -hmm. of that game because that game has way too much talking in it. Way too much. Like, if you look at my uh, timer in the game, I have six hours in the game so far, so I haven't been playing it a lot. Uh, for those of you that have been playing Bravely Default, I only have uh, three... Nah, yeah, I only have three characters so far. But hours and hours of that game is just spent, like, listening to chatter. And it's voice acted, too, so you don't really feel like... You can't really skip it. Uh, Bravely Default is a long game. Yeah. It, it is. It's good, it, but it's so long. Once you get past the chatter and you're just doing the exploring and the combat, it's great. Uh, I actually like it a lot, and I can't wait to dive more into it. Oh, there's only one game I'm looking forward to that's coming out. I went ahead and I uh, I made a promise to Mike. I said if the uh, if Destiny 2 releases a uh, collection to where I can get Forsaken and every other patch release... Uh, or DLC upgrade at a decent price, I will buy it. So uh, they came up with the Legacy Collection. So for 60 bucks, you get base game Destiny 2, uh, the Osiris, whatever that is, uh, Warmind, yeah, Warmind, and Forsaken. And yeah, I, I said, all right, I'm in. 60 bucks. Let's do it. I'll go play me some Destiny 2. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, as, Join our as, clan. We do raids. Somebody who owns good. Destiny 2. And one of the expansions, Ray, you're going to get a better deal than I am. 
Which is a shame. I, I, I guarantee it <laughs> right here, right now. Because to play the Forsaken, you have to have both expansions. Currently, each expansion is $20. You can buy a collection of the two of them for 30 The Forsaken is 40 So, to play Forsaken, I need to buy $40 for that pass and $20 for the War Mine that I do not own. I don't know if you know what 40 and 20 equals, but that's $60. So basically, I'm going to have to buy Destiny 2 again, have an extra copy of Destiny 2 and Curse of Osiris so that I can play, you know, the next big content update from Destiny because, you know, I didn't spend $20 on Warmind because I did not feel like they showed the value of that in the slightest or justified that cost. And maybe Forsaken is going to be worth $40, but God damn it. I think Josh brings up a good point in that Destiny releasing a brand new like $40 patch once every like was it 3 to 4 months? I don't think that's cool. I Uh I mean this is the only expansion that Forsaken is the only one that's 40. Okay, so the other ones were 20. The other ones were yes. 20. Or you I could buy both of them cool. for 30, I believe. Can we honestly say that there's $20? There's one third the price of Destiny 2 inside these updates those uh, are barely inside, five dollar patches inside warmind i would say yes i think uh with some of the longer tail stuff that they have in it i think the warmind campaign missions were a lot better than the curse of osiris ones i uh, i think curse of osiris is definitely the weaker of the expansions it, it just felt like that they they have a there's a lot of really cool art and design in like i like those like the weapons and like the raid layer they added for it but it just feels like that they didn't do enough with that environment and compared to um, compared to what they do with Warmind, it feels like that there's more long-term objectives, which someone who plays a lot of Destiny, like me, uh, really enjoys. Like, um, like there's a lot, like, like the um, like getting like the bringing back bringing back kind of like more long-term quests for weapons, like the Polaris Lance, the kind of hidden stuff to get the Sleeper, the kind of the really cool kind of end game level pve whisper quest like which has some of like the coolest stuff i I think like the whisper quest alone is like one of the coolest things that has been like one of the coolest levels i was in destiny 2 period uh so i think like they've been really kind of turning the ship around on a lot of that stuff uh so for me i think it was it was worth that but again i i totally get the like the the annoyance of um of the pricing on those expansions, but I think generally, like, like uh, it, Warmind especially, I think is, I would say is, is worth that price, or at least it. And you know, I play a lot of Destiny, and I feel like, you know, I hate it's it's stupid to talk about games this way, but like my dollar per hour enjoyment with mm-hmm. Destiny is very high, so I don't mind. I don't I, th- those like those um, and okay buying those passes I, never like is never a, at that price isn't too big of a deal just but, because but I my, my really problem enjoy with that it is at yes that, and I get a lot of enjoyment out of it even as much as we've gotten enjoyment out of Destiny and I have definitely earned my dollar per hour buying lackluster content like that because you have to wait for them to put out something a little more meaningful does not incentivize the company 
to put more effort into making better content. Like, I'm sure Warmind does have some pretty good things, but a lot of, you know, a lot of what I saw, a lot of the things that I heard really turned me off to it and was like, man, I really don't want to spend $20 to get another small chunk of content like Curse of Osiris have them reuse missions as the strikes and call that an, an update rather than trying <laughs> to actually put some additional work into it and, j- and just saying like yeah I'm getting my dollars worth but are you really because all you're doing is incentivizing them to continue to say our base is just gonna buy this because they want more of it we don't have to make it good we just have to make more and, and I, I, I just personally I'm sitting here as like I'm not going to give them my $20 because I don't think that they are putting in the effort that a, a, a quasi sort of service based perpetual game like Destiny needs to keep it fresh mm. I think to say they're not putting in the effort is unfair I think that's unfair to the people who as someone who's played through the Warbind stuff um I think that's unfair to the people who, uh, but aren't you know, went, this, went aren't the only strikes they added in can the I mind finish my here? point? I think you're being unfair to the people who, um, who designed those strikes and who designed. I mean, I think like some of the art and like level design of the and the campaign and design of the stuff in Warmind is is some. I think it's some of my favorite stuff in Destiny Two. Um, I think, I mean, I, I, you know, for me, I get really invested into the, I'm really into the lore of the lore of destiny. And I think it does a lot of stuff. It kind of closes a cool, some cool, really interesting, uh, storylines and loops from the first game that were really interesting to see. And I think has some, especially with like the whisper quest that just kind of dropped. Uh, I think it has some very interesting kind of foreshadowing for what we might see in the future expansions. Uh, and I think generally just because alongside with uh, Warmind, they've also made like a lot of other changes to the game. Because, you know, I think, you know, as someone who played a lot of Destiny 2, I really enjoyed Destiny 2. Um, uh, it was like my second favorite game last year. Um, but there were some changes I think that needed to be made to that game. And alongside Warmind, I think that they for me that like one of my favorite things about like the Warmind expansion wasn't even something that was a part of that de facto it was the like the exotic weapon changes and the like exotic armor changes and it w- and like they did such I, that's kind of what really gave me a lot of confidence in what Destiny has like planned for Forsaken and kind of you know I didn't really hold off. I held off pretty long on like pre-ordering the Forsaken expansion, but like one of the thing, but like the changes that they made to the exotic weapons, because there were just half of like literally half of the exotic weapons in the game, which are, you know, some of the most for those who don't have play Destiny, like are some of the most like you can only have one of them equipped out of your, like, your three weapon slots at a time. They're like really spe- they're supposed to be really special and at launch and after Curse of Osiris, it felt like they weren't really that. So they took a lot of the ones that felt underpowered 
and did a really great job of like kind of reworking them in really major ways that like really like not just like buffed them but for me made me like oh this opened up an entirely new way to play this game like an entirely new way to like build his character like i can do like a close range super high damage like void loadout i can do like a crowd control like void out with a graviton lance and then use the or like use the tractor cannon like the so like the the um like the vigilance wing like doing really cool changes for that like making the uh, like the fighting line actually like a, a viable thing instead of like the laughing stock like by moving it to the energy slot like so they did a lot of I think they did a lot of really good work in those elements alongside of the Warmind expansion itself that really you know I, I was I had like I, I'm the Destiny fanboy of this podcast it's not a secret um, <laughs> but like it really made and like and also just hearing them talk about the game and what they have planned for it and, you know, feedback that they took from the community about making changes to Crucible and the feel of multiplayer. It, I guess I got, I have a, a confidence that they know what changes, what kind of great, what positive changes need to be made to Destiny to help it get better. And that's kind of why I, I was like, okay, with having, you know, with, with getting Warmind and, getting on and getting it forsaken because i just have a i um i really enjoy the base game as it is but i'm also really i i'm kind of buying into the vision based on what they've done so far as far as tweaks to the game and what they have planned from there as far as making the game even better real quick josh before you retort because i know i know you got to retort um i would say in this day and age if activision one of the largest video game <clears throat> one of the largest video game companies in the world wants to start winning back hearts and minds uh especially for the destiny community uh the simplest and granted it's gonna hurt them to do this but it just makes the most sense in this day and age the simplest thing to do is you release the base game and you pull an overwatch and all your updates are free now granted Activision has a business model that proves like we don't have to do that, so we're not going to. Uh, and obviously, it's a different company, Bungie versus Blizzard. But I would say it would be way more palatable, uh, and people would be way more understanding of their updates if they charged either a lot less money, because twenty bucks, forty bucks. If you, that's if really you high buy, for uh, if you DLC just buy update. the ba if you say started at the beginning you bought the base game and you bought the expansion pass and you're buying the forsaken and you're just buying the base versions of all of those you're 130 dollars in and that's and that's not if you'd buy any of the extras you, okay, you don't Josh, buy any I, of I, the premium currency that's available in the game like but you also get to play it a year early yeah, a year ahead of people buying Forsaken now. Does that not mean anything? What? Because I think it does. Well, because like wait, when wait, you're buying, you well, when because there's an a, a, there's an inherent difference between buying the the Forsaken collection that includes all the old Destiny stuff at sixty this fall when that launches, versus buying into vanilla destiny 2 when it launched and the expansions when they launched like there is like 
that extra year of like literal year of playing destiny is like does that not does not does that not factor into the price equation at all for you no uh are you talking about the price of forsaken because well, uh, let my, me ask my you can i counter ask you this be uh over double what somebody coming in at this point in time is going to be they're going to get everything they're going to be able to work through all the base game the two previous content expansions and the newest one for 60 whereas somebody who's from the beginning would have to at least put in a hundred and thirty dollars to play the complete destiny experience But it's like the difference between buying like a new car. So here, let me let me ask you this question: or going to see a movie in theaters versus like renting it at like? Do you think like do not see the difference? Expansion content is worth more than the base game itself. More work went into the expansions. There is more content. There is more value in the expansions than there is even the base game, because the con the the additional content is going to cost more than the base game. Haven't played for second, so I can't tell you that. At minimum, I can't answer 40, that question. Seventy dollars, eighty if you bought it piecemeal, for just the add-ons to the base game. <coughs> Sorry, uh, I like I said, I can't tell you that because I haven't played Forsaken. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll know in October. I'm sure I will. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying I don't like Destiny. <laughs> I very much do. I've played a lot of Destiny. I like Destiny. I want them to make good content. But it's really hard to sit here and say that the Curse of Osiris. You know, I, I didn't play Destiny One. I don't. I didn't have a console. It was impossible for me to do so. I'm very interested in the lore of Destiny. I've been constantly talking to you. I've flirted with going back and reading the grimoires and like trying to figure out everything that happened in destiny one or watching playthroughs because i'm very fascinated in the world of destiny i love the lore i i still i You're still have mic buttons right now <laughs> the good mic buttons <laughs> because i just it, it, it didn't grab me the strikes that they added were basic and they even not like they winked to this they're like the strikes are just levels from the campaign that they said actually you're just going to keep running this as the strike you, you know we're not going to do any additional work we're just going to throw in a couple voice lines and say ha, haven't we done this before wink 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 so to be fair i know a lot of the destiny 2 community was pissed off about cursor osiris having like strikes replaced with missions um, I'm going to be that guy that comes out of nowhere, the Destiny 1 bit that reminds people, Destiny 1 did the same thing! Just reminding me! I also, me. like, it's, it, it's... It's not know, cool! I, I think that's, like, I, I guess, like, I'm okay. Especially for, like, Warmind, because they, cause they reuse um, some of the, like, the two kind of boss-focused missions as strikes. But I'm I'm like I'm honestly okay with that because those are really good missions, and for those to kind of for the it because for the to for those to not be used at, for those to not it's really it's nice to like replay those missions that are really cool, 
as things that could help me like do my weekly milestones. Like for that's what I like because I mean one as someone who frequents the Destiny subreddit, like one thing I, one complaint I see is people honestly like not being able, not really having a reason or an ability to go back and play story missions. So the, for a lot of the community, there is a desire to have access to the favorite their favorite missions from the uh, the, 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 just the the campaign as things that can contribute to those weekly milestones. And I think that's like I I get that. I think that's a, like I think that's a legit criticism. Is that it feels like that they're not putting in the work, but yeah, they are because those are really well designed and fun missions. I like the Warmind ones better than the Curse of Osiris ones, um, personally. But I think, uh, but I think for for myself, I don't mind replaying those those missions because I think they're really well designed and really cool encounters. And it helps me just continue with like the meta, the larger meta game of increasing my character level for end game stuff like trials and uh, the raids and stuff. Okay, that that seems like a fair counter. I mean, I'm eager I to mean, just hop again, back. And I will probably buy Forsaken, but I'm not going to be happy about the way they make me do it. And I'll probably pass it. Right. I will I'll spend I will the money, but I won't be happy spending the money at, at Activision and Bungie and just be like. Yo, you. <laughs> I mean, so dang, I have to bleep that out now too. <laughs> if oh, if they don't I'm, give me, I'm excited to get back into Destiny me, just because it's been so long. If I me. buy that bundle and they don't actually give me a copy of Destiny Two and Curse of Osiris that I can gift to somebody too, I'm gonna be real pissed off. Um. So you know that's not going to happen. It it very well better. <laughs> it very well better. Because <laughs> as the frugal man that I am, I'm obviously not going to go spend $60 on two things when I could spend $60 on four things. Didn't you monetize a clicker game? Again, this is also the part where I apologize for gifting you Chris Osiris because I didn't realize I would put you. In <laughs> you really, you really put me in quite the pickle so there, Mike. Who knew that your generous gesture? Now you have to gift him more minds. So much mental <laughs> anguish for me. Again, I Mike, I know question. you're mad at me. I like Destiny. I just think they've made some really, really messed up business decisions that I disagree with and I'm struggling with my enjoyment of the game versus rewarding their poor business decisions. For God's sake they put bulk shader deletion as one of their major milestones in their like multi-year plan and that's absolutely absurd that should have been their day two. He's I'm not, not wrong. mad at you. I just disagree with you. There's a difference. <laughs> also, I'm correct, so it's fine. I, I, I did want, I did look at the roadmap for Destiny 2 because they did what I call a video game business no-no and it's released a roadmap because... Okay, realistically, you never want to do that because then your community holds your feet strong to the fire. And the moment... You mess up 
any part of that roadmap. You've just given Reddit all the ammo they need to just say, here we go again! All, these, it could all be the like anime legit... abbeys, all the anime abbeys just fill your mentions. It's like, oh no, here we go. I think that like, I, with that, like, with that, that was like, it was pretty, I was pretty happy when they put that out. And they've been, but they've also been pretty honest. It's like, hey, you know, this, these are things that we're pretty sure are going to be in this update. These are things that might slip back. So don't, so like, this is subject to change. Like, they, they put out the roadmap, but we're also pretty clear that, like, you know, this is subject to change. So we will, or we are going to try to hit these goals as close as we can. But just be advised that some of these things may change. So just a heads up. Okay, as long as they put, like, a bunch of, like, pre precursors <laughs> yes. to that statement. Also, I have another news story if we want to change topics from Destiny that we very urgently need to discuss. Please. Is this about Elon Musk? Everybody's favorite, uh, South African um, <laughs> rescue hero of the Thai Cave rescue, who Wait, what? bravely called one of the other Thai Cave rescuers a pedophile for no reason. Wait, Elon what? Musk. What? He seriously he did, did that? Yes, he that. did. He did oh that. He really did that. Why did he do that? Because he's a bad person. Why did he call... No, seriously, why did he call someone like that no. a pedophile? Was he a pedophile? No. He's not. He's... It's just because Elon Musk is f***ed in the head. Okay, that's all you have to know. I am For this actually taken aback. Gaming story. Because today... Literally, this is hot off the presses, folks. 1.45 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Elon At Elon Musk. If you're into video game development, consider applying to Tesla. We want to make super fun games that integrate the center touchscreen, comma, phone, and car IRL. Please send examples of prior work when applying. Look for max playability and creativity. Guys, we're putting a car. We're putting video games on the car touchscreen. What 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 why game are we putting there? Why would you do that? What game are we putting there, and why is it Mario Paint? I mean, obviously the the, the correct answer what? would be Super Mario Maker. I have so many issues with everything that you just said, from the pedophile comment to the to the video game on the Tesla touchscreen. There's so many things wrong with everything in between as well. Like, hey, it's not. Hey, yeah, don't blame me. Don't. Don't don't blame me. Blame Daddy Elon here. I mean, I like the man. Also, but... just for clarification, uh, at Sad Cookie Crisp replies, "Pokemon Go for Tesla?" <laughs> question mark Question mark Elon replies, "Something like that, but more of an adults in cars anime <laughs> vibe." I think that means he just yeah, wants he just playable. He just wants playable novels, I think. That's I think I think he just wants novels. He wants visual novels. In he wants I think he just wants visual novels in on your heads up display in your in your Tesla. I'm all right with that. Like this I'm is not, a, you're stupid driving. Is, also, this is an important gaming story. Um these things are very important. We need to we need to really help Elon Figure out what game he should. What is the best game that he should put in his Tesla? Also, sidebar Nothing. here: Player Unknown replies. I think 
top Trump style card games for Tesla's stuck together in traffic could be cool. Someone at Charlin Hogma replies, maybe Tesla is the only way to optimize PUBG. Which is true, because that game runs like garbage. It runs bad. It's gotten better. Everyone's favorite, Joff. Joff Keeley says, can't wait for Tesla's first The Game Awards (laughs) nomination. (laughs) Just, please... I'm just. This isn't so much of a news story as it is just me going through Twitter hell because, in case you didn't know, folks, it's real bad out here. Um, so, good job, Jeff. Um, should should the Dorito Pope really have anything to say on this matter? Seriously, I, I haven't forgotten Jeff Keeley. I will never forget, ever. At Jacksbox, Jacksbox, Jackson Boxing, Jackbox Games. <laughs> How about some comedic party games where passengers use their mobile devices as controllers? You don't know, Jack. Tesla has a nice ring to it. No, it doesn't. That's actually fucking. Actually. Okay, I kind of like. That. Hold on, back, back up. I'm That's kinda, not the I'm worst idea I ever heard. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of digging it. <laughs> like if if the passenger was playing and everyone in the back seat had cell phones. I'm really kind of into this like, idea. A what lot. if, like, what if everybody on your that, highway, like, was in on this? Like, you know, everybody driving down 75 was in the same game, and you could just all link up through that. Like, I, mm, nope, I'm in. I'm on it. I'm in. I'm on board with this. I don't hate this idea. Okay. Like, all right. Jackbox no, gets no, no. Here, but, but here's the real question, guys. If you can game in your Tesla as you're driving to your 12-hour day crushing uh, union-free job. Go on. I wonder How are you going to stream? I spent on? <laughs> because what is gaming without streaming? Like, when you play video games and you're not creating content, it's just a waste of... It's just human... That's... waste you need to be creating you need to be creating and monetizing That's all elements of your lifestyle why... including dry video including playing video games That's while you're why driving Tesla's are going to be 5g so you have the upstream bandwidth to twitch <laughs> if you clap one more time while you talk i'm cutting you off 5G bandwidth upstream <laughs> We're done. Mike, close us out. <laughs> That's it. We're done. Well, okay, wait. What? It... You have 100 Teslas on, on a freeway. Okay. They are all tagged, and you have to go and call the other. <laughs> the last person who isn't called a pedophile wins. <laughs> We're I done. Just, you know, there's been nope. a lot of other uh, shit popping off in gaming news here, but this just happened today, and I think Elon Musk is a super dork who needs to be hooted at into doing not garbage things. So we're here to hoot and holler at him. To distracted driving is is well, bad driving. Uh, so, I mean, so let's don't be honest. Like, obviously, it's not been the best three days to for have entertainment while you're. St- car is in self-driving mode he's not saying you need to uh 
be um, playing the game while you're actually actively driving. I guess, at least I hope. What would be like? What is the? I'm trying to think of like what the, what like what would be like the most average. Now, if it only ha if it, it can okay. Like a it match can, three game, it like can Candy only Crush. play Assassin's Creed one. Wow, the first one. The first one. Wait, we're wait, done. We're done. This podcast is actual I'm game ending it. that should be in the Tesla, and this is one that you this can play while driving. Tap Tycoon. Okay, let's. Okay, I think I know what it is too. I think I know it. Okay, we'll say it on three. Okay, one, Tap two, three. F zero, god damn it! No, think about Mike it. wins. You can drive one handed. You can you can get. I mean, Mike's idea will get you into more on crashes. The, on the touchscreen that size, you can get all five <gasps> fingers tapping. You can just make all the money. No, wait. But but then it like for safe drive for safe mode, instead of tapping on the screen, you just honk your. Horn. <laughs> that's that's how you start the war. Beep, you beep. honk your horn. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unscripted Gaming. Josh, you can find us all tell us where they can find us. You can find us at YouTube at Unscripted Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Unscripted Gaming. You can find us on Twitter at Unscript underscore gaming. Make sure you... Or at, at Elon Musk. Stop! <laughs> Okay, Gamers, I'm tweeting, up. just so you know, uh, real quick, so you can hear about some of our hashtag content. I'm going to tweet at Elon Musk here from the official Unscripted Gaming Twitter, asking him if they want a, you know, that's a good idea. gaming-themed talk show to be played live on that uh, so we can get featured on the Tesla touchscreen. Uh, so, you know, check us out in 2020 in your Tesla Model X3 or S. Um, if you're not wanting to check us out or interact with us on Facebook or Twitter, you can also find us on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Apple Music, Google Play, Podcasts, wherever you can get podcasts. You can get us in your earballs. Uh, yeah, just get us there. Comment on our stuff on Facebook or I Twitter or YouTube. Let us know what you think. Ask a question. We'll answer it here live on the air. Recorded. I think uh, by 2025, yeah, sure. Tesla touchscreens are going to be the only place anybody can vote. So that's honestly probably a good call to, to try and get some real estate. Thank you those. for listening to Unscripted Gaming. Oh my, my name is Josh. My name is Ray. My name is Elon Musk. I knew it. I knew it. You couldn't What's resist. in South African? <laughs> Peace.